There's only so much you can just not do and still say you lived a decent life before you die. So I have regrets of not talking to this girl, of not starting things because I was scared. And I, I still do. I'll carry that for a very long time. But like, how much more burden are you going to keep taking before you die in terms of not doing fun things? Hey there. Welcome to Failcon, a brand new podcast hosted by yours truly, Kasim Wani, where I get to have candid conversations with my peers and colleagues about failure and what we can learn from setbacks in our own lives. Hey Kasim, thank you for bringing me. This is Sami Tamimi, somehow stand-up comedian in Virginia Tech. And I believe we're here to talk about comedy. Yeah, uh, I've I've known you for about six or seven months now, and your your story is very interesting based on your experience and your journey through stand-up comedy and the struggles involving trying to be funny to a large group of people. And I'm just curious about if you can just talk about your story a bit and then we can dissect into some of the harder moments later. Gotcha. Yeah. So I am from Iraq and I've lived in the Emirates my whole life. And growing up, I've always watched Seinfeld, loved watching, you know, dry humor like that. Um, friends, I, I would watch my brothers watch and I would have no idea of what's going on, but they enjoyed it. So I was like, this must be enjoyable. Over time, as I learned English, I got better at it. I started understanding what the jokes meant. And then I started watching stand-up comedians. And now over time, I started feeling that I wasn't just watching it for entertainment. I was watching it for some form of education. Uh, I generally was always the person who really loved, you know, walking up to just random crowds or making my own community or people within me laugh. It was one of my favorite things. And it was one of the only things that I thought there, there was some happiness doing this because it was nice to see people laugh at your joke. It's a beautiful feeling. And um, so fast forward into 2020 COVID hits, you know, you sit down, COVID gave you a lot of time to ponder about your life and maybe what you value And I saw that, by God, man, I lived a boring, boring life. I mean, I was lived very conservatively, not taking any form of risk until, man, like, I need to do this. I need to, you know, and I came in doing it the first time with a comedy conglomerate at Virginia Tech. And they were, I mean, it was a good, this is the perfect starting space where you're surrounded by community members who help you without giving you you know, without laughing at you, without judgment. That, that that sounds, you know, very fascinating as far as how you said that when you were a kid, you know, you had trouble, just, you were just very shy as a kid. And I'm curious how you were able to overcome your shyness. And like every time, you know, we have dinner together with some of our friends, you, you appear, you appear very confident and, it's always like fun hanging out with you and just some of the remarks you make and, you know, it's all done in like good faith, but you, you do <laughs> make a lot of jokes that most people wouldn't 
uh, dare to do. And I'm wondering like where that confidence came from. <laughs> America, man, that's what happened. <laughs> I moved to America when I was 18. I left my whole family, family and I realized like I have to fend for myself and I have to just because I, I started living with my uncle when I first moved here within a month. And then, you know, my living situation changed and I had to move. And I was like, man, if I don't speak up, people will not um, like no one will help me because I didn't go in through a traditional university gives students resources. This is where you go to do this taxes. I went to a commuter community college. So I was living in a city as like a local which is not your international student experience at all. Over time, I started relating with, with the people from the South more, interestingly, and would take risks with jokes. And that was the time when I would watch George Carlin, Louis C.K. So then when I got comfortable, I would throw in what I'm really into, which is the dark jokes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the one. That's the Sammy I know is the one that, you know, has those jokes in his toolkit. And so, so do you remember what was the first joke that you made? I'm coming to think about it. I mean, my biggest thing was I would introduce myself as the guy who learned English watching Seinfeld. That's okay. like the biggest, <laughs> that, that's my biggest quote unquote joke. And then I would start off by making like, hey, I'm from Iraq and then make a bunch of like guns and scare people. And then they would think I'm cool because I just made fun of that stereotype and I'm from there. So Americans love this type of stuff yeah. or at least they like it but they they don't say it in front of you that they do yeah I guess, I guess everyone appreciates to some degree just being candid so I've also been very interested in stand-up comedy and I've written some jokes of my own and like they're not they're not good at by any uh shape or form and I, I'm like very impressed by your ability to just like go out there and present yourself and perform um i think was it last week when you performed in front of like 300 people so i marketed as 300 sadly only 120 came but honestly Qasim, i think anybody who has the ability to write a joke can do stand-up because it's like setting premises like uh, creating an environment and if you feel it and you, you can make someone else feel it so if you already j just the thing is just write every single thing that comes to your mind and then you can go back and actually say I will spend 15 minutes right now on this and see where your brain takes you take a shower and then your joke literally will develop the main like premise of the show is to portray how we all fail in whatever we're trying to do, but failure failure is like a means to uh, your goals. And there's this bias in comedy from what I've seen on YouTube, where you have all these successful comedians uploading videos on YouTube where they're just, you know, the sets are going well, the crowds are enjoying it. But what about the times where they're bombing the sets? So do you have any stories of when, your bits don't didn't go as well as planned. Yes, and sometimes when you're starting out, it could be discouraging because you thought that what you wrote was the best thing in the world. Mm. Like I'm, I'm by no means a good comic. I'm just a normal guy, and I realize when I watch back, like sometimes I think I did a really good set. Everyone tells me, "Oh, you were great." And I go watch the video, and it's trash. 
like no one was laughing and I didn't give anybody the time to laugh, even if they felt that emotion. Um, so it's, <laughs> I bomb a lot more than I think that I give value to those jokes. And, and how, how do you like improve upon like your material from time and time? Do you just like watch your YouTube videos or do you have a group of people who give you critique and help you analyze your show? Well, now my definition of watching videos, just watching other comedians do sh- bits so that you mm. pick up on the momentum. Not really because you're going to do a bit like him, but your brain is like starting to think that way. And so after that, if your bit doesn't work, like I heard from other comedians, it's not that it was joke was bad. You just used the wrong word. So having a community of people who can tell you truly if this joke is going to land or not, or who can help you. So sometimes you don't really have yeah, the right words to use, but you have a funny premise. Like Larry David knows how to write it all out. Yeah, because he's a professional. Got it. Is it is it easier to uh, be funnier around strangers or around your friends? So I had I learned not the best ways that you cannot treat strangers with the same relaxed uh, mm-hmm. com- words as you do with friends, because I've offended a lot of people in my wake. You know, um, I make a lot of different comments and you start realizing some people don't get comfortable, but some people who like it as strangers will immediately be your best friends. But unless you get your ass beat, the worst thing is that this person will not speak with you. And so if it's a stranger, it's not the worst thing in the world for that to happen. Yeah. um, So so the reason I asked this was because, you know, the more online things have become, the harder it feels like it is to connect with a stranger like, I don't know the last time I've heard someone f- met their significant other through a conversation in a cafe or a bar. And in that kind of a world where everything has gone online, just having like a really solid game and just being funny gives you, you know, a 10x more advantage over someone who doesn't know how to talk to people. You know, you, you talked about how the pandemic has changed you know, in a way, just changed um, your mindset around um, how you were living life. And knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 18-year-old self about the world? And I just wish that I really valued, like, myself more as an 18-year-old. Because I grew up from a family that constantly compared me to other kids. So, that shit stays with you when it's like 18 years of that. It stays with you. And I'm, to this day, I'm trying to unlearn it. What advice would you give someone who's just highly insecure or is just uncomfortable talking to people? I guess the number one thing is you tell yourself, if I don't do this, then I'll just keep thinking about what if I did do this? There's only so much you can just not do and still say you lived a decent life before you die. So I have regrets of not talking to this girl, of not starting things because I was scared. And I I still do. I'll carry that for a very long time. But like, how much more burden are you going to keep taking before you die in terms of not doing fun things? Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
that's um that's very true um but yeah savvy thank you so much to hop on oh thank you for this class i love you and i would give you a hug and a kiss but you don't like hugs thank you for making it all the way to the end of the episode we're gonna have some exciting new guests over the course of the next few weeks so uh make sure to follow the pod on spotify and uh until next week goodbye